and welcome to the long drive home in the dark. I'm your host, Patrick Mason, um, answering questions about uh, Catholicism, Christianity in general. And it's in the dark because it's dark out, and uh, if I had a video <coughs> recorder on me, you wouldn't see me anyway, so that's why it's in the dark. Um, I am not uh, Vatican approved or Bishop approved or anything of that nature, and the reason I uh, am not seeking that is because this is me talking in the car. I do not have access to, say, the Bible to look at or... Um, the catechism or any other church documentation so I can't uh, fully 100% speak to any given topic with a full 100% certainty. Um, I personally always like to be in accord with the church that Jesus Christ founded, uh, that is the Catholic Church, and uh, therefore if I say something on here that is um, false or that is not what the church teaches, please call me on it. But in general, that is what I'm trying to keep a hold of. However, I do need to pay attention while driving, so I can't just look up a Bible verse or uh, a paragraph of the Catechism or, or pull up a papal document, <clears throat> pull up the Diage or whatever. So, um, tonight's topic is a part three. So we have parts one and part two, answering the question, why do I believe in God? Uh, part one and part two, we got to... Um, me existing, uh, I exist, I have a body, I have a mind, I <clears throat> uh, inhabit an objective universe that is not me. Uh, part two, we talk about there are other uh, beings within this universe. Um, we go a little further in the object objectivity of it. Um, and a little bit about the subjectivity of it but uh, mostly that the important part for our discussion is the objectivity of it. Oh, and then we talked about the mode, the beads and mode of, of um, operating within the universe. And we kind of got to the forces and we went over those just a little bit. So, um, and we talked also about space-time, the fact that we inhabit, the universe we inhabit is in space through time. Um, time is always moving in, in a certain direction and the quote-unquote movement of that direction uh, is played out through the rules that govern the forces uh, that um, play upon our bodies uh, and that we experience through our senses in our minds. So, where we are tonight, see I told you I was going to say so a lot, so where we are tonight uh, is talking about these forces. And so we find ourselves in an objective universe with other beings um, moving along, being moved by and moving along through forces, through time and noticing um, something about the forces that we brought up before is that they seem to be um, finite and they seem to be um, what's the word for it? Um, conservative and so, what I mean by that um, is that the, the forces are they're not they're non self originating and they're conservative and they're also finite. So, um, 
I push a block, the block moves only so far. Um, what we know uh, from experimentation um, and from so uh, experiential knowledge, experimental knowledge, and um, experimental oh, and authoritative knowledge. So I'm going to go over those three real quick because I haven't defined them yet. So experiential knowledge is knowledge garnered through experience, through direct experience. Uh, you have seen a thing happen. You have felt a thing happen. You have heard a thing happen. You have smelled a thing happen. You have tasted a thing happen. Uh, one or all of your senses were engaged. That uh, ended up forming a memory in your mind, and that memory is uh, knowledge that you can extract directly. Um, we can get into the fuzziness of, of memory if you want in a much later show, but it's not required uh, for what we're going towards here. So um, the second is experimental knowledge. So experimental knowledge is knowledge gleaned through experiment. It's not necessarily experiential um, because you don't you don't necessarily the, the the basic difference between the two is that in an experiential uh, knowledge you're doing the experiment on yourself whereas in an experiment with experimental knowledge you're doing whatever the experiment is on some other uh, object or being so um, the way experimental knowledge works is sort of the guess check or the much more formalized scientific method where you form a hypothesis, perform the experiment, write down your results, come to your conclusions, and move on from there. So, um, both of those represent kind of personal direct knowledge in as much as you can witness um, what you can witness via experimental. Because um, you can definitely get in a realm where you're having to use a lot of uh, equipment to augment your senses. Um, you never get beyond your five senses, but you can augment it and drawing conclusions from those uh, experiments. The third kind of knowledge is authoritative, um, or, and I define this in show number two, taking on faith. For our purposes, those mean the exact same thing. You have some authority, a person or an organization that um, you trust and that person or organization has provided you with some piece of knowledge and you trust that piece of knowledge and therefore you take that knowledge on authority. So those are the three. You have ex experiential, experimental, and authoritative. So um, what we know about these forces that act on the universe from experiential is that they seem to be uh, limited. Um, there is no, I have never been able to produce with my body uh, any sort of force on the universe around me that is never ending or is unlimited in scope. Those are two different things. Uh, but so um, even my natural body, bodily processes, while seemingly never ending, uh, I can glean from authoritative sources and from some experiential a.k.a. if I don't eat for a long time, then um, I get weak and have problems. <laughs> and also I get sick. Same deal. Um, so those... And then the authority sources tell me that... Um, 
you know, the way the processes in the body work. There's lots of cells dying and coming to life, and so it's not all just one continuous um, force, you know, chemical force that's, uh, or chemical biological force that's making my body do stuff. So that's where we're at on that. Um, so the ex- experiential is that the forces are uh, limited. The other piece of that, uh, both for myself, or for myself, is uh, both experiential, um, experimental, and authoritative, or I should say all three, not both, um, tells me that forces don't self-originate. So if I have a force applied to me that, um, so if I apply a force to something, that energy to apply that force um, I am using it, but it came from somewhere before that, and it came from somewhere before that. So in the case of myself, it'd be like I ate food, and my body turned that food uh, into chem- from chemical energy, and my muscles turned that chemical energy into kinetic energy, and I expressed that kinetic energy on a ball, and the ball uh, flew in the air, and via um, drag, which is just air friction, uh, the ball gave up some of its energy in the form of heat to air molecules eventually fell to the ground uh, because gravity was interacting with it um, there's another force and on the ground uh, gave up even more of its energy through friction again through heat so um, the getting to the friction again through heat is something that more comes it, it, I do actually have that one from Xperi well no both yeah <laughs> Because uh, let's say you've ever fallen down the stairs or or uh, gotten going pretty fast and you've slid on something. Then you have uh, experienced friction and you also experience the heat that comes from friction. Um, especially if you're looking for it. I've also done the exper- experimental. Uh, let's say you used a bandsaw on something and it's metal. And you bandsaw it for a little bit. Well, the metal ends up being very hot. Um... That's the cutting action. It's kind of like a super friction. Um, but there's a lot of heat energy that goes into that. So what we get down to is that uh, I can glean from experiential and experimental that uh, the forces that act in the universe around me um, are finite in and of themselves, but the energy used to move the forces along seems to be uh, transferred from thing to thing. So um, that brings us basically around to um, three pieces of authoritative knowledge that are supported by my experience uh, and experiments. And the, the first is Newtonian physics is for, uh, for my experience my level of experience is accurate. Um, general relativity kind of trumps that, and uh, so does special. And actually, for my experimental knowledge, those uh, both are accurate as well. Um, but not from my experiential. I haven't experienced um, any of the effects that come into play in special or general, well, in special relativity. Um, but Newtonian physics, especially. The laws that talk about a body in motion does not... uh, A body in motion stays in motion unless acted upon by another force. Uh, Forces produce equal and opposite forces. 
and um, and aside and akin to that, we also come to the authoritative uh, knowledge about conservation of energy uh, and energy mass and momentum, um, and through experimental knowledge, I know that that mass and energy are more or less on two sides of an equation and therefore um, can be equated to each other. Um, you might say experimental, and I'm like, yes. Um, in fact, I one of my uh, previous jobs is as a nuclear engineer, and I worked at a nuclear power plant, and we would put fuel uh, bundles into the reactor, and we'd come back two years later, and you'd pull them up, and they would be less heavy because their mass, like literally, like pounds and pounds and pounds less heavy. Um, literally, their mass had been transferred to energy via, you know, the whole E equals MC square funness that goes on in uh, nuclear chain reactions, um, at least the fission chain reactions. Fusion's even more fun. Either way, I've seen the mass defect occur in reality um, experimentally, but not experientially, because I haven't been split in half myself. Neither would I really produce that. I don't have the right elements. Anyways, so experimentally, I've seen that play out. Um, so conservation of mass, conservation of energy, conservation of momentum, um, and the Newtonian uh, description, or the Newton's laws as it applies to forces, all seem to hold true. Um, and so I will go ahead and accept those. Even though they come from an authority that isn't me, partially because I trust that authority. The authority having been... <sighs> I apologize. And because I trust that authority, the authority having been the schools I went to, um, which would have been Melbourne Central Catholic High School for physics, uh, for the Newtonian stuff, um, and then also supported by um, Texas A&M University in my physics, physics classes and the experiments we did in there. Um, and then conservation of uh, mass, energy, and momentum all from the same place, uh, Texas A&M. But it appears to be pretty ubiquitous across textbooks. Everybody seems to accept it. Um, and so... It also matches my experience my and my own experiments. And so, yeah, we'll go ahead and accept those as true. So, the forces we experience in the universe obey laws. Um, and the forces, the uh, individual forces themselves aren't, are in fact finite. Um, although we haven't defined that one. All we've gotten to is that the forces obey uh, laws and conservation and the conservation of mass, momentum, and energy all are sound. The third uh, uh, set of laws we're going to introduce now are the entropy laws, and that comes into um, play with the fact that, um, what I mentioned before, all the forces seem to be finite. So the laws of entropy are thermodynamic laws. They are, uh, in short... You ever, I apologize, I'm kind of tired. In short, thermodynamic laws <coughs> are basically that you can't put um, 
You can't get more energy out of a system uh, than you put into it. So you can't put more. You can't get more energy. You can't get more uh, forces out of a set of circumstances than you put force into it. Um, and then the second part of, of the law, and that is the break-even principle, um, which is that you can only break even. You can. It's not energy is not the stock market. You can't make more of it for less. Um, so you can't. You never get more out of it than you put in. And the second law of thermodynamics states that, in fact, um, you will always lose some energy to an uncontrollable, um, in an uncontrollable way. So you, you can't break even, uh, and in fact, you can't even break even. Um, you will always lose some amount of energy, more or less what we call heat losses. So that lines up with what I experience with my experiments, uh, and authoritatively has also taught me uh, from thermodynamics, because what I, I experience in life are forces are momentary, they don't last, um, even when you attempt to sustain them with power, there's always something else that's draining down. Uh, batteries die. Uh, balls stop rolling. Uh, blocks stop sliding down. Sliding, yeah, blocks stop when they're sliding downhill. Um, ultimately, loss always takes its toll. So, that's where we're at with with this three-dimensional. Uh, universe through uh, time that we, you know, we experience these forces through time. We discover the nature of the forces is that they follow a set of rules about interaction. Newtonian laws that they follow a set of rules about, um, I guess, uh, conservation. That none of the energy which powers the forces is ever actually lost. And none of the mass involved is either. As long as you take into account uh, mass energy equivalency. And thirdly, that um, our ability to control that energy uh, and to make forces sustainable is not possible. So that all forces uh, we experience and that we produce ourselves are uh, limited and... Um, yeah. Limited, yeah. They limit it and will stop uh, after some amount of time. So that's where we're at on the nature of the universe. We find ourselves in and the forces that act upon us. So given that um, mass, motor, mass um, energy, and momentum are conserved, and that forces follow rules... Uh, of play um, specifically what we're concerned with is that um, a body in um, you, you need a force to act on an object in the universe in order to change it and um, any force uh, acted upon an object produces an equal and opposite force um, and then um, somewhat more important to discussion, so it's really more like conservation mass moment, momentum and energy is in play, but on top of that is also the laws of thermodynamics. So, 
Um, the only way we get around the laws of thermodynamics is by um, building a system bigger than the... Uh, basically, <clears throat> within small pockets, um, if you draw your system boundaries... So let's say I have a phone and... Um, you know, I've got it showing stuff on the screen, and I've got it taking commands, and maybe talking uh, with a speaker and a microphone. If I draw the box of that system and exclude the battery, then I could have um, kind of a, a non-entropy system, uh, and then the battery on itself eventually dies down. But it's outside the system, so it doesn't count. So, but. If we take the universe as a whole, um, entropy plays on the whole thing as well as on specific forces uh, as we move forward. So the question then gets posed, if I exist in this universe with these forces at play and the forces the energy that produces these forces is conserved, but also uh, it is the energy over time within the system as a whole is lost to a certain extent from a usable um, way, will be classified usable way. Uh, then the question becomes, uh, how did we... Uh, how am I in existence the way I am? Uh, what came before me that allowed me to exist this way? And what's going to come after? Um, and so that will be probably the topic of episode four. Um, but what we got to tonight was that we... This universe that we inhabit, three dimensions in which the stuff in the universe exists uh, has forces acted upon it through uh, the medium of time and the rules that govern how the forces act um, move you know how the forces act as it moves through time sorry uh, turn there I had to make um, and in particular the rules um that are most curious are the rules uh, that govern the um, forces in general, but uh, conservation of mass, mom mass, momentum, and energy, and then the thermodynamic laws, especially that of entropy, which is the loss of usable energy over time. So we'll start from there. Uh, this is Patrick Mason on the long drive home in the dark. That is the long drive home. I hope you had a good drive home or have, are having a good day or whatever, however you're listening to this, that you're doing well. And we will end with a prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear God, the Father of heaven and earth, we thank you today for the graces of our day. Thank you for giving me a safe drive and give all the listeners uh, your grace and your uh, mental acuity so that they may sift through 
the spaghetti of uh, random concepts that I presented to them so that it is intelligible. Uh, dear Lord, in your name we pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. May your will be done. In your Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, everybody. Have a good day.